Hello and welcome to the Chop It Up Podcast, the show that's unfiltered and unapologetic. Each episode will bring you closer to finding your purpose. And for our loyal listeners, a special surprise awaits you at the end. Be sure to listen all the way through. Now, here's your host, Carmisha Superville. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Chop It Up Podcast. Oh my gosh, I miss you guys. Literally, it's it's been a long time. I'm so happy to be back talking with my people. And I just really got to thank our listeners from the top. You guys, I want to thank you for rocking with the Chop It Up podcast. We are seeing the numbers going up. We are seeing the listeners increasing. So I just want to really thank everyone for their support. Thank you so much. So again, welcome back. Tonight, we have a juicy, juicy topic, and it's going to be great, you guys. We have special guests. Uh, we have Zorin. So tonight, we are speaking with Zorin Lazarus Theodore. Zorin Lazarus Theodore, she's the founder of Zen Life Therapy. And we also have, yes, we do, y'all. We, y'all know I got y'all. We have a second guest, which is Don Sinkfield. Don Sinkfield, he's the founder of the New Hope Mental Health counseling. Now I know you guys might be thinking, what, what, what are we talking about tonight? I got y'all. We are talking about change your mind, change your life. Change your mind, change your life. Let's get into it. To my guests, welcome to the Chop It Up. How y'all doing? We're good. Excited to be here. It is, it's great to see you and great to be here for Oh, I'm so honored. Thank you so much. Listen, let me give you, I like to give my guests a little background and in terms of how we, you know, we meet our guests. And so you guys, my listeners, that is, I had the honor of sitting on a panel with these esteemed professionals. I'm talking about mental health experts. And I said to them, like, you know what, we need you on our podcast because, you know, Don, you know, we talk so much about mental health. Now more than ever, as we're coming out of the pandemic, so many people are talking about it, but it's so imperative. How imperative is it for us to be in control of our mental health? Well, I've said time and again that, you know, one of the things that I like the most about the, you know, uh, reality TV, um, internet, generation that we have embarked on in the last two decades is that um, people are now um, seeing mental health uh, being exposed at a higher level on television, on the internet. You're seeing that your uh, favorite celebrities have a therapist, have a family therapist, etc. cetera. Uh, so it is so imperative that we keep the trend of normalizing mental health counseling and um, uh, whether it's a, a mentor or some kind of professional, it's just important to um, have that person on speed dial if you need it. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I don't know where you guys live, but I live in New York City. And recently we have been hearing so many different attacks. Like when you listen to the news, I know a lot of people are like, I don't listen to the news. That's why I don't listen to the news, but I like to listen to the news. <laughs> I like to know what street not to walk on, what block, you know? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so there's been a lot of recently, there's been a lot of attacks, whether it's, you know, hate related or just people just losing their mind. So Zorin, I want you to chime in a little bit, like in terms of our mental wellness, you know, regular people are losing it. What, what are some tips if you, you would say that people that, that we can take, like, you know, in terms of ensuring that we're in the right mind space or head space? What are some tips, like daily tips? Right, right. No, that's a really good question because I always say none of us are exempt from stress. It's all around yes. us, yes? So we either, you know, it's around us or someone is going through stress and it kind of jumps on us. So I would say, from, you know, often I said, is how we set the morning. How are you setting your morning? Set your morning with intention. Intention to whatever it is that you might need. For some people, it might be that meditation, for some people, like myself, it might be that coffee time. Set your intention before you even get to the point where you have to manage and deal with people, whether it's on the train 
whether it's driving, whether you're taking that walk, just set your intention. We can only take control of our own emotions, even though the emotions of others can impact us, of course. So it's setting that intention, um, morning routines, um, you know, um, whether again, whether it's meditation, taking that walk, taking short breaks throughout the day is extremely important. Being able to pause, we have voicemail for a reason. If someone calls, let it go right to your voice message. You'll get back to it. Really, it's securing your mental, your mental wellness in order to be able to manage and to deal with other people. Mm, I like that. So what I hear is set the right intention. What I hear is taking breaks, short breaks during the day. I love yeah. that. I never yeah. even thought about that. That's amazing. So, okay. So we talk about setting the right intention, but you know, like you said, change your mind, change your life. Sometimes people come in your path and they just mess up your whole day. What would you say? What would your advice be? Like if you, you know, if you encounter a situation like that. Yes, yes, yes. So, that is so true. I want to high five you on that one, right? Like you can <laughs> set your intention for yourself and then someone come and they have all this aggression and can jump off on you, right? I often say yes. secure your energy, secure the energy, mm. right? Do not allow people to come in, even though they'll sneak in every so often as we, you know, we see that we might come out of our character. And when we do, you kind of have to check, check yourself, right? I mm. take certain breaks. I notice when someone, to be able to notice and observe when someone is in your space and something is happening for you. Notice what's happening for you is your chest, is your, 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 you know, your heart is pounding. You know, your, your hand is getting sweaty. That means someone is getting to you, right? Your stomach is kind of getting Ooh. butterfly. Observe what's happening for yourself. So you are able to say, okay, be right back. I'll speak to you later and go ahead and secure that energy for yourself and leave that person right there, leave their energy right there. And you secure yourself and your energy for yourself and for your mental wellness. That's I love great that. advice. Yeah. That's great advice. Let me ask y'all a question because, you know, this is Chop It Up. And we unfiltered and we real up in here. <laughs> Listen, I got to share this with y'all because, you know, Zorin, I'm taking notes. Like, girl, I take notes. So as you're speaking to me, I'm listening to you. You said something about securing your energy, right? Yeah. I want to ask you a question. You know, a lot of us have this conversation where we say, like, you know, I'm a match your energy. You want to be nice with me? I'm going to be nice. You want to get rowdy? I'm, maybe that's the New York in me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to match your energy. But I want to ask you a quick question. Last week, I, had, I was having a great day. I really was. I was speaking to a client of mine. And, you know, his expectations, I believe, wasn't managed properly. And maybe that's my fault. I should have probably managed it. But he got out of pocket. And when I say out of pocket, oh, he got loud. And Zoran, oh yeah, we got loud too. I match his energy. <laughs> you, Brooklyn's in the house. Brooklyn, come on, Zoran. <laughs> keeping it real, keeping it real. I love it. Did a buck, and I was like, even me, I was a little scared. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to ask you about that. He understood. He actually appreciated it. He said, hey, listen, I want to apologize. I was having a Will Smith moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, but I want to ask you about that matching others' energy. What is your take on that? And you can chime in, Don. Yes, I love that. And I love you keeping it real because the reality is people can take us there. They can, right? I always yeah. say, you know, minds don't come out because I choose for it not to come out. Doesn't mean that it's not there. We all have that button that if you push hard enough, it's going to come out. So matching people energy, I've learned not only as I teach, you know, women and, and children and stuff like that, that there's sometimes you got to take it there. And I'm okay with apologizing after and say, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm sorry about that. You know, it, this is the way it made me feel. I, I'm a therapist, but even in my personal life, I like to talk about feelings, you know, but in a situation with business, sometimes we do, we got to kind of take ourselves back and say, whoa, this really got to me. So again, I often say, sometimes we got to check people's energy and let them know, just, I'm going to, I'm going to meet you there where you, where you said, you know, I'm not the one. 
sometimes you just gotta let the person know I'm just not the one, right? Let's break it down a notch, right. you know? We laugh about it. I'm a humorous person, especially if it's someone that I'm dealing with and I really be spat. I say, you know, ooh, you took me there, woo, right? And then bringing it back. I always try to say wheeling it back to a place where I'm not too out of character because then they steal something from yes. you. They steal something from you where they can take you out there. It's something that you can't get back. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that part about, I mean, I agree with everything that you said, um, that part about making sure that your consciousness is on an even keel, um, generally, and that, you know, when people um, start, how do I sound? Is it echoey? It's good. It's good. It is. Oh, I'm good. Okay. Um, when people get out of pocket quote unquote I mean you really um I, I believe you really shouldn't be matching that energy unless you really have to because people can put you into a place where you where you have no choice but to raise your voice a little bit to to be heard or to walk away because it's, it's getting out of control but if um if at all possible you know you should um learn about human behavior, um, you know, there's something called grandiosity. That's when people make themselves uh, bigger and stronger than life itself. And so th they have this sense of uh, grandeur that makes it so that it's hard to really communicate realistically with them. And then you have contempt, people who make you smaller uh, or make you less than you are to try to um, make themselves bigger. And that, mm. you know, when we run into that, you really have to realize what you are seeing and um, and not not let it get out of control, you know? Mm. Yes, yes, I agree, Don. How do you decipher? I like that. I never even thought about that. How do you decipher those type of personalities? Well, if somebody walks into a room and, you know, they have one, um, three diamond chains and they're talking about what they have and you know they um you know oh you know my house in the hamptons or you know whatever it is that they're using to have this grandiose point of view about them um if if people um are talking about their power their money or or whatever it is um before you get to know them that's a clue um, you know, and, Ooh. you know, and if people are doing subtle or outright put downs, you know, it could be, it could be very subtle. It's a clue. You know, those are the clues that, um, a person is not a very secure, um, and well-meaning individual. Right, right. I agree, Don. I think the main thing mm -hmm. is really checking ourselves as far as, you know, noticing when someone's approach is affecting us. Because that's, that's the power that we have, taking our right. power back. You know, how am I going to respond? Do I need to take a break? I might need to take a break from this call. I might need to take a break from this interaction right now to check myself and then return and still have some type of control. You know, we are, we are human. We are entitled to, you know, that's what I was saying earlier. We are entitled for things to get underneath our skin. You know, um, even the most skillful people, right? But just being able to know, okay, what is happening in this interaction that I might, you know, address it or I might respond in a way that I cannot take it back is being able to take that, that's that break. I like Correct. that. That's right. That's a really good way to think about it. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about mental health. You know, as I said, initially, we talk so much about mental health. What is it? How can we clinically diagnose someone that has mental health issues, Don? Um, there's, there's so much to that. Um, when, uh, you know, um, like I have a cousin who, uh, you know, when we go around um, situations where she's around new people, you can kind of like see the... Um, nervousness there may be behaviors that are quote unquote avoidant behaviors so um, rather than being in the room and engaging uh, a person is excusing themselves or um, 
or there's a, some kind of apparent uh, discomfort in their body language, et cetera. So anxiety, so that, that for instance, would be social anxiety. Um, depression is one of the easier ones to see because of the pronounced symptoms of isolation, um, uh, a down affect, um, a person who really can't function is not uh, feeling the vitality that they would normally feel when they have experiences. Um, so if you know a person really loves um, going to a certain place to, to eat or to shop and they're not motivated to do those things anymore, those are signs of depression, anxiety, but often, uh, especially with men, um, depression and anxiety can show up um, as irritability, um, that avoidance. And so there's a wide, uh, there's a wide range. And I think it's important, you know, to explain to people that there's not a necessity for a diagnosis for you to know that you need a little assistance uh, because right. uh, the diagnosis is very uh, clinical. It has to do with witnessing a symptom for a certain amount of time and then, um, you know, corroborating that with other things to say, ah, this is, this is an adjustment disorder. This is uh, anxiety. But often, you know, we're experiencing a little bit of something and it's not yet at that diagnostic level, but we should seek the help before um, it gets to the level where, I, you know, I've been in the house for six months, snapping at everybody, unable to function. Yeah. You know what? You're so right. And you hit it right on the nail. And I want us to stay there for a quick second. Let's talk about that. Black men and trauma. <laughs> we hear that a lot in this culture right now. Why do you think from your perspective and obviously your day in and day out dealing with that population, why do you think so many black men have a problem with therapy, sharing their emotions and their inner secrets with someone? Why do you think that is? Well, you know, there's still a conflict, um, I think in the social role of you know who men are supposed to be and the idea of being vulnerable. I truly believe that to be vulnerable is to be brave because when you are able to be vulnerable and you're able to say, look, this is happening, not really sure how to handle it, but I'm uh, talking to you about it because I don't feel good. That, that's actually uh, very brave. But often when, um, you know, black men, I, I was in a meeting one time and a black man said that, uh, you know, he wasn't feeling safe. This was the words he used. And, you know, uh, people actually um, afterwards, women that I knew said that they really felt that that, that was like a weak um, statement for a man to say that he was not feeling safe. And so. I'm saying that to say that um, there's that conflict between wanting men to be uh, very strong, men sensing that if they step out of that uh, position of um, being indomitable to being um, openly vulnerable, that they may not be looked at favorably. So that's, that's a short answer. Got it. Zora, what's your take on that? I agree, Don. I think that we, we don't normalize being vulnerable enough. And I think that it is seen definitely, and I've heard, right, um, whether it's the youth or fathers, when I work with, you know, the men, you know, they often say, you know, well, I can't feel that. I don't have time to feel that, you know. So I think mm. it's sometimes even brought up that, you know, it's, it's a form of weakness, you know, it's a form of weakness mm. to be able to say, to be able to cry. You know, to me, it's almost like, you know, you, 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 you kind of get it together and we keep moving. We've got to be the strong one, you know, the head of the family, so forth and so on. And I often, one of the main things is to be able to say, can I be that? Can I be a strong person and the head of the family as well as feel this way? I'm struggling in this way. Really being able right. to be that example and being, having the conversation 
and being vulnerable enough to have a conversation, not only with our, you know, spouses, but even in, with our children, with our boys, to be able to say, it's okay to yeah. cry, to be able to say that, that hurt my feelings, to be able to verbalize that. What strength and bravery encourages in that and to be able to say that and to normalize it, to have the conversation about it, starting from young. You are the realist. I feel like y'all attack. <laughs> and you know what? I feel like I'm being under attack right now. <laughs> I, feel like, oh, no. I feel like I'm being under attack. Listen, I once <laughs> had, you know, someone in my past life, real past, and child, they started to cry on me, Dawn, and I was scared. I was like, why is you crying? <laughs> Not why are you crying? Why is you crying? <laughs> why is you crying? Like, no, Zorin, I was like, boy, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to hang up this phone on you. But l listening to you talk about that, it's like, you're right. We still have, we really have to restructure our mindset. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think we have to unlearn a lot of things that we are taught or like even subconsciously, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was like really shocked. Like that was my first time in a, in a situation where the person is literally expressing to me their feelings but they're crying and I'm so confused. I literally thought he was going crazy. Has that ever happened to you, Zorin? Have you ever dated someone and they want to really profess their love to you and they start crying? <laughs> I haven't yet, but you know, I have two boys. I have two boys. I have a 21 year old and a 13 year old. And often, you know, you know, even raising them, you know, my husband, I said, you know, stop babying them, right? Why? Because I'm asking, how are you feeling? And I, you know, I do, you know, when they say you're raising therapy kids, right? So how do you feel about that? So tell me more. So how did that make you feel? And when she said that, but normalizing and, you know, and, and being able, what I mean by that is being able to be on the, um, on the kitchen or dining room table. And if your, your kids, and again, my 21 year old is telling me a story, being able to chime in and, you know, being okay. If, if you want to cry, let it out, you know, release it. And they're like, mom, no, I'm not trying to. I'm like, let it out. So in that sense, I've seen it. But no, I haven't had anyone, you know, um, you know, cry, cry over me. Is that what you're asking? Cry over me? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, and it's good to have these conversations because even like Don, you were saying in that setting, a lot of the women took take away was, you know, my, he might've been soft or whatever the case may be. And you're right. A lot of time men are afraid to really express their emotions um, because of those um, yeah, so, societal norms. So you're absolutely right. And we really have to change a mindset on that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let me, let me yeah. just say this one thing. I won't try to take too long with it. I would go even further and say that there's a lot of situations that men um, even uh, even boys, I would say, in learning how to date and be with uh, girls, they learn, I, I believe it's in some cases from girls that um, the behaviors that would be considered uh, abusive or overly controlling are actually rewarded. You know, like if um, if another boy is talking to my girlfriend and I walk up um she may even look at me like I'm kind of a softy or not assertive enough if I'm not like, you know, babe, come here, you know, who's that? You know, what if he just walks up, hello, you know, um, we would, you know, say that the um we would warn girls about being controlled, but um, you know, often those messages are out there that controlling behaviors, aggressive behaviors, especially with young men are kind of rewarded, you know? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You know what? Let's talk a little bit about mood swings because that's that's a big thing, right? We, we talk a lot about, you know, as we're talking about kind of segwaying into relationships. What are your thoughts on if you're living with someone, if you're living with a spouse, a partner, right? Um, and they have severe mood swings. So one day they're cool, and next minute they're like Ike Turner, <laughs> you know? What are your <laughs> thoughts on that? <laughs> Dealing with a situation like that, you might love the person a, a whole lot, 
and that can be male or female because we know that females can also be very aggressive and abusive. What are your thoughts on dealing with someone with severe mood swings? Do you think it's just like, you know what? I'm going to just bail on the situation or do you work with that person to get them into therapy and really help them along the way? Yeah, Zoran, I've been talking a lot. You, you go ahead. Okay. I think that's a really good question. I actually had a situation like that. Um, someone that reached out to me. Um, so I'm going to keep that in mind as I'm, you know, um, answering this question. I think that it depends, right? I think if it's an abusive situation, I mean, when you're speaking to someone who might be experiencing that, I always say come from a place of support and non-judgmental. So if I'm hearing someone, if a friend is coming to me or someone is coming to me, a family member and is expressing this information, I want to listen. I want to be able to have that space where I can listen to them first, what they're feeling. Because really, you know, to tell someone, leave them, you know, the opposite might occur. So I just want to hear that piece of it. And I want to assess for safety. You know, I want to assess for safety and I want to be able to provide, you know, feedback and to encourage them, you know, to safeguard themselves, of course, you know, but let's say the person has a mood swing and they say, you know, what? and in, in, in a situation, I got a call and said, I want my, you know, my boyfriend in therapy, you know, I'm in therapy, I want this to work. So in that situation, this young lady saying, I want this to work. I want this to work. And I know for him, he doesn't believe in therapy, talking about that question, right? He does mm -hmm. not believe in therapy. So I asked her, what about you? She said, I know I come with my stuff from my youth and I'm working on my stuff, you know? But I really, how do I speak to him about going into therapy? I said, have an open conversation. What does he want out of the relationship? Is he noticing that he's having those ups and downs? Does he want to change? You know, so start there. In this situation, he did want to change. In this situation, he sat down with her to her surprise because she was telling him he needed help. He needed help. You know, you need help. You need help. I'm going to leave. A lot of those aggressive, you know, back and forth when you're feeling like you want the person to, to get help, but you don't know how to ask them. And it can come out very judgmental, even though you want to work on your relationship. So he was feeling very judged. He was feeling like, what are you worrying about me? Worry about yourself. But the thing is, in that relationship, there's a we. So even though you have the I, you have the we. We can't move forward if the we is broken. You see, I'm working, mm -hmm. she's saying, I'm working on the I, but you need to work on your I so we can be stronger as a we. You see? So he was open to the idea. And I said, you know what? Let him speak to a therapist. Let him speak to a male therapist. Let him, you know, let him ask the question. Let him feel it out. You know, rather than you pushing, you can just give him the information. He's telling you that he's ready, you know, to make changes and go from there. So there's no right answer. I think that if it's a safety situation, we got to look at it differently, of course. And I think that if it's a situation where we want to save that we and the two individuals want to save it, I would say, you know, give them the information, you know, and allow for them to ask the question and to find their, you know, their way in their journey. Um, so that, that's something that came up for me again, very, you know, very recently. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, that that is very true. What you said, Zorin, that the, it's important that the person who needs the help believe that they need the help in order for it to happen. Because, um, I always say, you know, I had, a uh, do anger management I had a guy once say to me come on Don tell me what to do show me and um, you know the conflict sometimes is that the person who says they want to be shown something sometimes they hold on to um, their identity as a street guy or a tough guy or a person who doesn't cry or a person who is you know superman in some way and you really have to see that that is not the way um, in order to, you know, want the help. Right, right, right. And I often ask the safety piece of it, you know, is there alcohol, is there drugs, is that right? Safety? Especially when you have, you know, when, when a woman is, you know, just feeling unsafe. Now that's a different conversation that I'm having to safeguard right. and maybe her come up with some type of plan and provide resources because there's resources out there in situations like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Thank you. What I heard in this part of the conversation pertaining to if you're dealing with a spouse or partner that has mood swings, I heard change, listen first, be non-judgmental, right? Access safety. What is the safety? If it is a safety issue, that's a totally different conversation. Of course, we have to look into the resources. Um, oh, have an open conversation with your spouse, with your mate. And be non-judgmental. I want to ask you a quick question about that. Really great tips. Zorin, are you giving that suggestion if they just recently started dating? So say six months in, they start dating and you start seeing some of those flags. We ain't going to say it's red flags. We just go and say it's some flags. Six months in, are you telling that girl or that guy, hey, have an open conversation. Let's go in therapy. Or are you saying goodbye. I don't want the situation to escalate. Yeah, I think in those situations, six months, three months, we're, talk, we're having a different conversation. And I often, if we're talking to about a young, and I had this situation too. And for this woman, this was her pattern. This was oh. her pattern. She would get into these situations, right? I know we don't want to use the red flags, but they're red flags. They're flags. They're a little like kind of shaking in front of you. Non-judgmentally, we want to see the patterns. We want to see the patterns, you know. So I often say, let's 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 take a look at the patterns, right? Let's look, let's take a look at that. I'm gonna have a different conversation at six months. I'm gonna, you know, um, the, the situation that I explained earlier was a longer relationship, and both individuals wanted oh, to be in that relationship. At six months, if I'm seeing this type of patterns, um, I'm gonna ask the young lady or the young man, you need to take a step back. You need to take a step back and kind of take a look at it you know, um, and, and so forth. And it can go in so many different ways, depending on what the, the mood swings look like. Is it a mood swing again? When we're talking about safety, is it a mood swing is control? You can't go somewhere. Mm. They don't want you to talk to your family member, watching what you're wearing. You have to spend all your time with me, those sort, you know, so we want to see, there are those signs that we definitely want to see. So I'm going to have a different conversation with that individual. Absolutely. I love it, man. This is a free therapy session. I, <laughs> I love it. Y'all speaking speak to my soul. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I love You're it. Welcome. But you know what? This is the reason why we have this podcast, because this is the information that's not always readily available. And obviously in this format, right? So I just want to thank you so much. So Don. Let's get back to a little dating because, you know, we do have a lot of females. So I want to ask you a question. Can you yeah. hear me, Don? I can All hear right. you. I'm listening. So check this out. Recently, I was, watch I was watching something or I was listening to something where it said that females, like dating now, like women should, or men, but women should have like a pre-test, like a pre-mental test where men have to take before they start, before they go on their first date. What's your whole take on that? Should women now in this culture, should we start making men or encouraging men to take tests or vice versa? Mental now, tests. <laughs> listen, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if there's any right or wrong to this, but just from my perspective, I mean, it, it's, it's too invasive. You, I think that um, for me, I would believe that, um, it's each of our responsibility to get like this information that uh, we're given in this little podcast today, um, where you kind of are able to recognize um, whether you call them red flags or just um, behaviors that are um, things that you have identified for yourself that you don't want to endure. I think that that's the way to go. Um, and so that people are more prepared to have a, a sensible conversation with people who they love or, or a professional, like this is what I experienced. Um, and, and to hear um, from somebody who has a, a strong point of view that is rooted in some kind of uh, knowledge of what a healthy relationship is, somebody can help give them some perspective uh, because most of the time, it's not so much, um, I believe it's not usually that the, you're just innocently running up on people who are mentally ill. Oh, can you hear me? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, 
it's more so what Zoran mentioned before, which is that um, we each have the things about us that we're attracted to and the, um, oh, she, she always gets these guys who are too controlling. She always gets these guys who are quote unquote crazy and uh, stalk her or something like that. Um, or, or he always likes girls who are this way or that way. That comes from the personality and um, um, emotional features of the person who is running into that situation over and over. And the more awareness we have about mental health, each of us, the better. So I, I you know, having people take a test, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't promote that personally. No. Okay. I probably won't go that far, Kamish, for them to take a test, but I'm certainly going to ask the question. Yeah. I know I certainly did it when I was dating. I certainly, you know, you know, kind of, I encouraged my 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 18 and 21 year old to do it. I said, ask the question. Don't let things surprise you and say, "Well, I shoulda." Right? We shoulda on ourselves. How do you ask the question? Oh, how long do we have? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I think it starts. I mean, if I see a certain pattern, I always say to you: if you see a certain pattern, you just add. You have, you know, you have conversation about, you know, where you go on vacation and things you like and music, right? We always so often, especially when we first start dating, you know, what kind of music the person like and where do you live and things like that. I personally want to know about your family and where your parents are from, and how your upbringing and, and things like that. And I often say, not in every situation, of course, but I, I want to know if you have a close relationship with family. What does that look like, right? And even if you don't, I want to know about that too. Now that doesn't determine that you're going to be a good or bad person. We're not talking about bad or good. We're talking about having the openly having conversation about a person's viewpoints, about a person's, you know, values, morals, having those open conversation. Absolutely. I need to know before I go any further. <laughs> and I don't mm -hmm. think there's any, but I might not give you the test, but in, I guess indirectly, I'm kind of giving you a test. But if you were to test me, I would be okay with that too. I think you should know before you start mm -hmm. You know, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, I love that. Don, you were going to say something? No, no, I'm just agreeing. And I, I, I was kind of saying the same, the same kind of perspective when I was saying that when each of us have a strong point of view about what we need and what we don't want to run up on and, you know, to recognize um, personality traits that uh, seem controlling or the person seems to have emotional conflict that exists when you when you are able to recognize that then um you know you're in a better position to make an assessment of what seems to have the potential to have a, a healthy flow and what can be toxic yeah, absolutely i agree you with know, that Don, let me ask right? you a question let me ask you a question. Recently, I was talking to a friend of mine and she said to me that no, Kamisha, that's not your job. I want to ask you a question, especially for women, especially for millennials that are in the dating game. You meet a guy, you're vibing, you're having a great time, right? All girl, you meet a girl having a great time. But like as you're dating, right, you see certain like Zarin, what you were talking about, not necessarily red flags, but you see certain defects, or things that you should bring up, right? Like you spoke about, you know, having an open conversation, learning about someone's passion or viewpoint. When you're learning about those things, you see certain things that may rub you the wrong way, as they say. And you ask the person about it. And you, you may offer or may suggest, have you thought, have you spoken to a therapist? How, how do you take care of your mental health? What do you do? Um, what is wrong with asking those questions and being, being a conduit whereby you're saying, well, let me help you. Let me seek out resources for you. My friend said to me, no, that's not your job. They're supposed to already, that person's supposed to already come full. They're supposed to have done the work already. And I think that's what Don is kind of alluding to. So what is your take on that? Being someone you know, like, I want to hear your tip because as women, we are nurturing, right? 
So what's your take on that, Zorin? I think, again, it depends. I often say, you know, that if someone is in their journey of healing and they're working on themselves and then you have another individual who's working on themselves, uh, work on yourselves first and then let's seek each other out, right? But if someone is saying, let's say, you know, we, we don't want to say that someone who might be having some challenges or struggle or mental health and so it's, it's a negative in, the, in, in as far as relationship. So if I'm kind of vibing with you and it comes out three months and you, you know, we're having this conversation, open conversation, and I want to leave here saying normalizing it, not to say that someone said, you know, I have anxiety and now we're shutting it down. No, I struggle with anxiety. Oh, really? Do you have a therapist? And now we're having these conversations. You see how we start to really now be candid about that mental health wellness that we're talking about here. And I put it on X on someone. However, if I'm working on my stuff and it's going to trigger me or I'm just really now so focused on you that I let go of my own healing, that we got to watch out for. And again, is that the pattern of the young person or the young lady of the woman? It's my pattern that I'm a fixer. I'm a people pleaser. Is that my pattern? Because if that's my pattern, I got to be careful there. Yes, I fix you. I want to I wanna make sure that you're okay. And while I'm letting go of my heel, that's a different conversation. Zorin, like you are that. the realist. Did I tell yes, you this? Yes, I love you that. Are, you know, I love everything you said. And, and I'm not sure if I'm coming from a clinical perspective or just my perspective as a guy, but I've said this many times. I believe that you do not ever want to become the teacher of a guy if you're trying to date him, if you're trying to love this person. Now, I think what Zoran said is the deciding factor. If he says, could, you know, I really want to deal with this and could you help me find a therapist or something like that? and he's willing to do the work on his own, that's one thing. But you never want to be this person who is like, um, oh, baby, you know, you, you're doing that again. Let me show you. Let me talk to you. And then you end up, uh, because first you will lose a bit of you in, the, uh, in that exchange if that becomes chronic in the relationship. But second, I really believe that um, men, particularly, if you, um, you kind of like teach them and show them how to be, uh, they usually will not um, hold on to you. They will take that knowledge and um, move on. Whoa. Because there's something, there's something very threatening about the lady in your life being uh, the teacher of you in in, a, in those big ways. Now, to be distinguished from um, being partners in a relationship, she's good at the accounting. Um, I'm good at the hands-on stuff. I'm not saying that she can't be. Um, very gifted and do things in the relationship better than you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if she teaches you how to uh, how to be and 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 you really have learned how to be a man under her guidance, usually that does not uh, work for a long term relationship. And that, wow, you know that's that, deep. That's, my, that's, that's more my observation than. Um, you know, anything from the DSM-5. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. No, but I yeah. love that. Yo, that's so deep. I want us to stay on there for a, a second because one thing about me, you know, I always, yeah, I always try to, you know, impact people, you know, empower people, inspire. But I'm learning that, like what you said, um, Zorin, about a people pleaser. Are you a fixer? Is that your pattern, right? Even me, I'm, th I'm taking it all in. Let's stay on that for a quick second. You know, Don, as you brought that up, I think about Steve Harvey. And we're going to call it what it is. You know, Steve Harvey is a perfect example. We're not going to deviate too far. But he started his career with someone that held him down. And as he got to a certain plateau in his career, obviously that lifestyle that he had, that wasn't attracted, attractive enough for him. So let's talk a little bit about that. Why, why should women be careful about being the fixer in a relationship? The ride to die, 
I'm a ride with my dude until the wheels fall off. Let's talk about yeah. that from a man's perspective, being completely unfiltered. Yeah, I think um, there's two things. Now, if, if we're talking about, um, you know, I'm in law school, I'm just coming up with an example. I'm in law school. I have very little money, you know, can't go on the tropical vacations, et cetera. And you stick with me. And, you know, then at 31 years old, I get my, you know, first job with a big law firm. Five years later, I make partner, et cetera. I, I really believe that if your relationship is strong, that is going to strengthen your relationship that she was next to you during the time that you didn't have it all. Um, I mean, but what I was alluding to before was like uh, uh, men who are broken in some way um, feel very incomplete. Uh, you know, they're, they're getting in trouble, they're going to jail and she's, you know, actually, she, you know, taking him, driving him to job interviews and fixing him up and making him into, you know, this is how you do it. This is how you need to be. Somehow that usually is, ends up being problematic in the long run. Like um, men who are broken usually struggle with being completely committed to that person who, quote unquote, fixed them um, in the long run. Wow, I like that. And thank you for clearing that up. Okay, I got you. I got you. Zora, what are your thoughts, girl? Because we got to hear from a female perspective. Dawn is holding back. Dawn, yeah. I feel you holding back. You know, I do a lot of women empowerment. I start from young all the way to the, you know, you know, whatever age, right? Women empowerment, because I feel like if I'm living, I'm growing, right? Um, so this is the thing. I feel that as much as the man is doing his thing and is trying to, you know, you're doing, you're in a relationship and he's doing his thing. He's, you know, elevating. I believe that the women should do the same. Find something for you, you know, whether it's, it's, it's you know, really working on your mind, um, on your body, on your spirit, do something for you, you know, contribute something. I often feel feel that working with some, 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 not all women that, you know, they feel that they've given so much of themselves that there's nothing, nothing left back. And when they realize they feel so broken and I have had a client, again, not so recent that all of that was done and then got left. And she said, I feel like I have to start from scratch. Now, can she start from scratch? Absolutely she can. She can realign herself, reclaim herself. Re she's rediscovering herself, right? She comes to Zen life and this is what we're gonna do, right? We're gonna start. Um, but to feel that I put so much for somebody else to now, um, you know, um, get the benefit of my 20 years Ooh. of marriage. That's hurtful. Ooh, I mean, child. even with her saying, you know, I'm pressing the reset. Those tears rolling down tells a story. That does not mean she cannot reset. That does not mean that this girl can't, this woman can't. But the reality is she said, you know, I put my schooling to the side to ensure that his schooling was complete. So I often say, you know, if we can just learn from the story of in the we, individualizing the I, I am an I even in the weave relationship, you know, and that will sustain you. That doesn't mean it's not gonna, it's gonna hurt less, but you're gonna leave feeling like, you know, I gave to myself. And also I've shown my children how to give in a relationship and not just give all, just freely. That's that energy that we were talking about. Just freely giving of all my energy. Write so yourself, write yourself into the equation. That, that's what I always call that. Write yourself into the equation because wherever you go, there you are. Absolutely. So you, you can never leave you behind. And that's, you know, I keep uh, in my mind, I'm like concerned that if I said it right, because I, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that men are not 
loyal to people who help them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if a man is broken and he truly wants to get assistance and he asks his lady for cues in getting that assistance, that's that guy may have uh, the ability to be there and to um, to grow into someone who could be, uh, you know, a long-term healthy partner. Um, but if you are fixing someone and you're just trying and trying and doing things and losing you and the guy is not really sure about his path, um, eventually when he gets a little bit better, he probably is going to be like, man, I could, I could, start over with somebody who's going to see me as a prize instead of a project that part yeah whoa Mm -hmm. that part you know what man you hitting you hitting a nerve you hitting a nerve yeah yeah am i holding i'm not holding back am i holding no you're holding back no no you good you good (laughs) yeah no that's real since we're keeping it real, right, for the for the woman or man in a certain situation is that what is it about me that feel that I have to make this into a project? I'm often making these projects. So asking those questions, being aware. The key is awareness. Where am I? You know, how am I contributing to, you know, to these patterns in, in my life? You know, and that's when we talked about change your mindset, change your life. That's the changing of the mindset. Change that mindset, Right. right? And you're gonna see different changes, right? Or we wanna we wanna stay, right? We wanna be fixed-minded, or we wanna evolve. Remain or evolve. Which one do you want to be, right? I love that. Zoran, what is um what is the population that you work with? What what type of population? Clients. Clients, yeah. So I work with both. I I work with adolescents. Um, between 13 to 18. Um, I also work with adults. I do a lot of work with women and parents. With the adolescent, I do the individual and family. So that's where we connect with the parents. And then I do a women empowerment groups, um, women coaching and individual for women. I have a few couples that I gave you an example of a woman that came and, you know, it was really for the couples and eventually, you know, we're working together, but yeah, so I kind of have a, a range um, of population. Mm-hmm. So the um, the services that you provide, right? Like, wh- are there a like right? Are there a range of like services, or is it more skewed like to a certain certain issues? No, it's a range, really. A range. I do, yeah, yeah. I want to have that consultation. I want to see where the individual is at, and then we personal. I you know personalize you know, the goals, whatever the individual wants to work on, we that's what we're going to be working on, right? So if it's for adolescent, I often work with um, adolescent, maybe with behavioral issues, self-esteem issue, you know, lack of confidence, parent-child relational issue, you know, they might have some history of diagnosis, the symptoms. I often want to see what are the symptoms, what are the symptoms that are coming up? And then for an individual, whether it's more of the female women that I work with, you know, same situation, you know, things that, believe it or not, I have a lot of the women that I work with that have situation and issues that stem from childhood. It stems from childhood and it's coming back up, right? And they're seeing it, whether it's in their relationship, whether it's in their career and so forth. They're like, I have to stop and I have to address this issue. Yeah, I love that. And and Don, is that the same for you? Like Don, I admire you so much because you have a like a fleet, like you have a staff, right? And I admire, you know, your operation. Is that the same for you in terms of your clinic? Like is it an array of clientele? Um, we see 5 through 85. Oh. Um Everything from the, you know, regular depression, anxiety, adjustment disorder um, to, you know, people who are having family and couples issues and some uh, even more serious issues. We have a uh, psychiatric nurse practitioner that works with us. So we do the full range. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. I'm just inspired by you both. 
Like, and I just want to thank you again. You know, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, recently, like maybe a month and a half ago, I know we all were shocked to hear that this beautiful young lady, um, I forgot her name. I think her name is Chesley. Chesley Chris. She was uh, a host of an entertainment show. And beautiful young lady. I think she was Miss USA as well. She killed herself. She committed suicide. Uh, and and that, this was right here in New York. A lot of folks were perplexed. They were all confused as to why did she do it? What caused that, right? What caused her to commit suicide? She has everything going for her and so forth. But it came out, it came out her parents stated that she was dealing with controlled depression, right? I wanted to ask you about that. Because so many times as professionals, you know, we can control the narrative. We can control the anxiety, right? What are your thoughts on that? Like, is that a false, is that something that's false? Are we really controlling it? Like, how do we really deal or manage depression? Well, I'll just, I'll just give like 30 seconds on it. And that is that, um, we all have to live these daily lives, um, wh whatever it is. If you're if you're a nurse and you're going to work, um, you know you have to be okay at work, or there's very little um, sympathy. I mean, you can have like a great manager or someone, but there's very little sympathy if you're not functioning um, in the capacity. So most people. Um, who have mental health issues, if they have a lifestyle and a life professionally that they have to engage every day, they find some way to um, compartmentalize. And, you know, um, I always joke around and call it, um, you know, when I, when I need to go into my zone for some meeting or something like that, I call it going, uh, hearing my theme music. I got to hear my theme music. So um, everybody has that when they have to put on their armor for the day. Um, but um, so I, I guess I'm saying that it's not really um, that you're being uh, fake or, or not true to your to the feelings, the emotions that you have that might not be manageable. It's that you are putting on your armor so that you can take care of children or whatever you have to do every day. Um, but people need to add into that day that they, um, you know, um, need that assistance. And whether it is um, uh, someone in your life, a therapist, a combination, um, everyone needs that, uh, you know, assistance at some point. Yeah. Zoran, what are your take on that? Yeah. Manage yeah, depression. I, yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, First of all, I think the, the, the pain and the hurt is real. And I think, and what I mean by that, I mean that people, some, some are struggling in silence. They're pushing through something like what Donna's saying, right? You're pushing through to make it through the day. You really are. People are asking, how are you? I'm good. How's everything? Everything is good, right? That's not being fake. It's really, I'm trying to tell myself that really, because I got to just push through this day. I got to push through the day. Mm -hmm. And then I get to my safe, what, what one might think is a safe zone, which is home. And if you're alone and no one else is seeing, you might really just kind of like, just put, the, you know, it just kind of just releases everything. And then sometimes it's really hard to put all those pieces back together, all those pieces back together to start again, to start the next day. So it's definitely very difficult. I think that what we're talking here, and I love that you have this conversation and I love that you're putting this platform because we are saying, ask for help, reach yes. out. And if you are that parent or that friend or that girlfriend and you notice something, something just seemed odd, ask, show up at their door. Find out how they're doing. Ask the question, how can I help you? I noticed you had a breakup. You want to talk about it. It would be a good listening ear. You know, so sometimes we do, we do ask the question, how are you doing? And the person say, I'm okay. You know, so I often kind of, you know, my girlfriend's laughing me because I do this thing. Are you really yeah. okay? Are you really okay? You know, because we got to check in with each other. And yeah. I, who is skillful, we're not exempt from it. We're living yeah. under a lot of stress. 
sometimes the higher we go as far as, you know, a really stressful position, it can be, you know, we lose ourselves sometimes. It's a very lonely place sometimes. It's a very yes. lonely place. Sometimes yes. it's very competitive. You know, I got to do better than the last time and so forth and so on. So ask for help and reach out and check in on each other. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let's wrap up. We can wrap up. And thank you. All the nuggets that you provide. I know my listeners, they're blessed. They're definitely blessed. But I want to talk a little bit about the Will Smith fiasco. If you don't know what happened, you guys are living under a rock. So we all know um, Will Smith was at the Academy Awards and he showed out. A lot of folks are talking about if it's right, if it's wrong. I want to ask you from a mental perspective, right? Why do you feel that he act out in that manner whereby he assaulted Chris Rock, right? Do you think it was really unresolved childhood trauma that a lot of folks are alluding to? Or do you think he just had a moment? Like we all have a moment. What is your thoughts on that? I don't know if it could be one or the other. I mean, I think it was, uh, I do think um, from what I know, I mean, I, I don't want to be a arm, armchair diagnostician, but from what I know about Will Smith, I know that one of the things he talked about in the book was that he felt um, like a failure for not protecting his mother as a teenager. Uh, he mentioned one particular time we didn't, um, stand up for his mother and his father uh, hit his mom. So I can imagine that there are issues there with um, his uh, being a man and um, being a protector and um, how he sees himself. Um, yet, I think that um, Will Smith has been so exemplary in terms of becoming what I saw as one of the more evolved people in this field um, of entertainment. So I still think he had a damn moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had a yeah. moment. Right, right, yeah. right. Gotcha. What's yeah. your take on that, Zara? When I was hearing this, I'm thinking a combination from what you're asking. I feel that there's a combination. Often I say, you know, hurt people hurt people. It's coming from somewhere, right? The root, where the root is, you know, we can go here, we can go there. There's a root of something, you know, that's going on. And at that very moment, you know, because we all have it, we all have that very moment. And this is the moment that I'm talking about where you kind of come out of character and you just can't take it back right? Can't take it back. And now you have your life out there and people are, you know, checking out. So I think it is rooted in something, certainly. Um, and, 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 you know, and I think also it's just at that very moment, you know, when we talk about the protector feeling that you have, you have, we almost kind of sometimes in that position, like I have to do something, you know, and, and, and is that something that, you know, can be very explosive, um, you know, I don't condone it, of course, you know, very explosive, yet I can't take it back. I had that moment, I can't take it back, but I definitely feel um, that it might have been rooted in something, whether it's their interaction, whether it's his own past and his own, you know, childhood, um, I think it's rooted in something. I love that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Were you guys shocked as I were? I think we were all shocked, right, collectively. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Did this, was this a prank? I yeah. thought it was, I mean, I, I honestly, I had to like take a look again because I'm thinking this had to be, you know, a ha-ha moment. And, you know, it's going to show that this was like, you know, and I'm like, he is a great actor, you know. And then after when I saw it, you know, of course, you know, you, you kind of take back and you say, okay, where is this coming from and so forth and so on. Yeah. So I definitely thought it was a, it was a, a prank. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Teachable moments as we wrap up. Teachable mm -hmm. moments. Even that situation with Will Smith and so much that, that we spoke about today. What are some takeaways, Don? Let's start with you. What are some takeaways for us to just ensure that we're in the right mental space? Takeaways. Um, be, learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that means when you see uh, yourself, like Zoran mentioned, like if you, you know, you need to take care of people sometimes and check in with people who you're seeing a change. 
But many of us, um, when we see changes in ourselves, we simply um, want to keep going. We don't want anyone in our business. That's a big one. Like, uh, oh, I'm, you know, it's, that's part of the vulnerability piece. Uh, you know, that not wanting anyone in our business. I don't want to go to anybody who's going to, what can they tell me? You know, people say about therapy as if um, the therapist is some, you know, um, big, um, super, you know, man or woman who's going to uh, give you advice when truly therapy is really not about advice. It's about um, someone giving you a chance to um, have that outlet and to, you know, really help you to process what it is that you're experiencing. So, you know, um, if I were to give one thing, that's what I would say, be, uh, learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and um, look, uh, look at what's happening and uh, be willing to um, the, deal with the discomfort or the the disequilibrium of, of going into a new space and, um, and getting the help. Absolutely. Great. Thank you. Absolutely. I think what I, yes, I think that what I would say is that I'm going to go back to, you know, Don, you mentioned it. And I know we talked throughout this about taking care of yourself of being aware of, you know, where you are, you know, our healing is our responsibility. Our mental health is our responsibility. Mm. I said this before. We all walk with a mind. We got to take care of that mind. We got to secure it. You know, we got to take care of ourselves. You know, I often, you know, in the past, I used to drive my car with the gas and it used to be on E and I used to be all scared. And one day I called my girlfriend and I said, you know, what happens when my car run out of gas? And she said, you know, it's going to do this thing. She said, but girl, did you not see the gas? The, the light supposed to come on. I said, yeah, that light. I said, oh yeah, I saw the light. And she said, yeah, that's the signal that you're going to run out of light. And I feel sometimes. <laughs> Our mental, you know, mental state can be that we get the signal. Our body tells us irritability, mood swings. We might not be sleeping right. We may have be having these thoughts. So listen to the signal. Ask for help, you know, mm -hmm. and accept the help. It's one thing to ask. And then when a blessing comes your way, someone sends somebody your way, accept it. You are you are deserving of happiness. You're deserving of healing. You are deserving of joy. You are deserving of healing. And I think it's to be able to ask and it's to be able to accept it. So that, that would beautiful. be something that I would share with, with, with another individual, male, female, and young, elderly. Ask for help. Our healing is our responsibility. Your mm. healing is your responsibility. I love that. Mm -hmm. Zoran Lazarus Theodore, founder of Zen Life Therapy, and my guy, Don Singfield, founder and managing partner at the New Hope Mental Health Counseling. I want to publicly thank you so much for speaking life into me and certainly blessing us with your knowledge and your expertise. I want to thank you so much for that. You guys are amazing. I'm going to be both of y'all clients. <laughs> Okay. Thank you, so much. thank you so much. It's a pleasure. So you guys, thank you so much for joining the Chop It Up podcast. Listen, you guys, if you want to support this podcast, please go on Anchor and you can support our podcast. Support this amazing platform that we are creating here. Again, thank you for watching and listening to the Chop It Up podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Peace and love. Thank you.